everybody. Hey, we love Tuesdays. Hey. Hey. Hey, sit on it. It doesn't sound appropriate now, but they said it on Happy Days all the time, and I think everybody agrees Happy Days is one of the most wholesome old TV shows. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Happy Days. All right. Friday, Happy Days. Saturday. That's all I know. Uh, rocking all week with you, I think. Is oh, is that what it is? <laughs> cool. Uh, coming up on today's show, are you seeking God's glory or your own? Mm, 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 mm. I know somebody needs to hear this. Oh, mm. dang. <laughs> Plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, it is November 5th. We got a couple holidays to celebrate. What do we got? My favorite day of the year, National Donut Appreciation Day. See... We have National Donut Appreciation Day. Mm-hmm. There's also National Donut Day, spelled D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T. Then there's National Donut Day, spelled D-O-N-U-T. Mm-hmm. But they're both the same thing. Three donut days. Do we need this are many donut days? Are you arguing about it? Why are <laughs> I mean, you I am, a, I am a Southern up. Baptist, but... <laughs> There's got to be a limit. Listen here. No. No, no, no. No limit. <laughs> I do, I do want to know the appropriate way of spelling donut. Well, this is the appropriate way. The long form way is the appropriate way. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. The other way is more of an abbreviation. I mean, it's not technically an abbreviation, but there's got to be a word for that. When well, you see, here's the word. thing. This is donut. The other one is do not. Just oh, saying. Spelled do not. Yeah, you're right. I'm just saying. But it's like when, like night, when people spell night n i t e, there's got to be like a word for for that for like a shortened spelling. Yeah. But I don't know what it An is. Alternative spelling. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's also National Love Your Red Hair Day. All mm. our ginger friends out there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The day that you need to really embrace those locks of yours and love it. There's a a running gag in Doctor Who, the the newer version that's that kicked off in 2005. Because you know whenever the the premise or one of the key factors of the Doctor Who situation is that when the Doctor dies, they regenerate into a new person, mm-hmm. which is their way of keeping the show going forever because it's a new actor. Right. They can change whatever. Mm-hmm. But one of the running gags has been he always wants to come back as a ginger, and he's never a ginger. <laughs> like the first time, the first time, am I ginger? No, you're just sort of brown. Oh, never ginger. I want to be ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I love red hair. I mean, I, I, I wish I was a redhead. Really? I think it would have, when, when I had hair anyway. I, I, I like the way it looks. Uh, and I like, I like the way, like, I don't know, it's appealing. And I'm not talking about just women. I'm talking about just in general. To me, the, the Irish look, the really pale skin with the red hair looks cool. To Becky me. Lynch. Yeah, Becky Lynch looks cool. Seamus on WWE looks yeah. really cool. <laughs> You know, I can actually agree with that. I do find red hair, but it has to be the right shade of red. Right. It has to be that real, like, that fiery red kind of... I agree. Like, Carrot Top 
or um <laughs> way to ruin my my thought process with adding carrot top to it never who mind was the, i hate red who hair was the professional snowboarder <laughs> oh uh i know who you're talking about sean white is yes. that his name? yeah yep okay yeah yep. yeah he he rocks that pretty well yeah with that carrot top agree. not so much <laughs> I always wanted, honestly, I always wanted for Chris's brother is somewhat of slightly, a ginger. Slightly, Growing up, he was a little more, his hair was a little more red yeah. than what it is now as an adult. Um, and then my sister-in-law has super, super curly, dark hair. And so I wanted, like when they were pregnant with their daughter, I was praying that their daughter would have super curly Red hair. <laughs> she has super cur- curly brown hair. So, but I do. There's something that is. I don't know. It's just it's yeah. I mean, it's not like an attraction thing. It's just like a. This is nice. It's almost endearing. <laughs> yeah. It's, there we go. That's. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing to say, but it's almost endearing to see like a specifically for me a little kid with red hair. I'm like, oh. <laughs> now I'm worried. We're starting to talk about them like they're pets. And- <laughs> Inanimate objects, not humans, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hey, appreciate that red hair today. Love your red hair today. That's what it is. That's all we're doing. That's oh, all we're doing, man. y'all. Well, today's show is brought to you by the Christian party game Judge Not. Uh, and and you know what? We we've talked about this a little. It's a party game that that lets you judge and gossip about your closest friends right to their face. In this game, you take turns playing judge and jury and decide who is to blame for the offenses listed, i.e., pointing out specks in others' eyes while ignoring planks in your own. Uh, it's you know a lot of fun offense cards. It's a voting mechanic in the game. We have we have our original game which came out last year, a little 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 more than a year ago, called Judge Not. But we've expanded it. It's a bigger big card box now ready for all kinds of expansions to add into it we also added like 58 new cards to the original game upping the offense cards to 200 and thus extending the playability of the game Uh, but now we've come out with our christmas edition object the halls just in time for the holidays just in time for the holidays and that you can play all by itself there's 101 cards in that it's perfect you don't have to i wouldn't add the christmas edition to the main game right you know keep that separate yeah but it, it'll work uh, with, and uh, you know, you have all your voting cards from the main game, or you can print them out if you just buy the Christmas edition. You can print them out and cut them up yourself at home. Um, but it's it's really fun in itself. But in addition to that, we have uh, a couple new expansion packs for the main game. What? We have Oversaved and Overruled, which just came out. I believe that's 68 new cards for that. We have Pull the Jury. Which just came out as well this week, which has uh, 50 new cards. 20 of them are new offenses, and 30 of them are new pull the jury cards, which is a whole new play mechanic we're adding into the game, uh, which also includes three uh, dice. We have uh, two dice for the pull the jury mechanic, and then we have we've introduced the tie die as well, which is uh, new fun ways to break a tie if two people are voted for the exact number, the same number of times in a round. Uh, so, two new mechanics added to the main game, and then the last thing that's just come out, which I don't think we've actually put on social media yet, is a small deck, eighteen cards. It's judge not fabricated evidence. These 18 cards are essentially blank offense cards, but they're the official cards. They're the exact same on the back. 
And on the, on the front, you can write in your own offenses based on things that you know about your friends and your group, because that's how we started the game, of thinking of ridiculous things that our friends had done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now you can do that yourself with your own group with this fabricated evidence card. So it's really cool. The uh, The main game, it's a little bit expensive, but it's because it comes with the big heavy-duty hard cardboard box. It's going to last you forever. Uh, and a whole bunch of cards, all the voting cards, identity cards, and 200 defense cards. Listen, it's not a little bit expensive. Matt is being modest. It is it is the price that a game, an average game, is going to cost you at yeah, Walmart. Think, yeah, not the typical monopoly or whatever those super mass produced things but any of those specialty games yeah yeah they're typically around that price yeah but then all the expansions they're they're about around 12 bucks mm-hmm. they all have hovered about 12 bucks except the fabricated evidence which i think is five uh and honestly we're making no money off of them i have reduced the price to as little as possible i think we make less than 50 cents off of every purchase because we just want you to have fun and enjoy it they're really good games. We love them, and we think you'll love them too. And so we've expanded the Judge Not game to five different sets, and that's probably where it's going to stay because uh, the box is full at that point. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's and yeah, it's definitely worth it. In a group of about, like, 30 overall that it's been shared with that we personally know personally of. Personally played with, yeah. Um, I've only known of two who didn't like it. Yeah. So... This is definitely a game that everyone is going to enjoy playing. Right. Is, More people hate Monopoly than that. For real. <laughs> On a ratio. For real. Scale. It is so much fun. So, so much can, fun. You can find all these and more information about them and how to play and all that at backrowradio.com forward slash games. So go check it out. And uh, hopefully you'll get it. It's perfectly. It's it's certainly in time for Christmas mm-hmm. to get it for someone that you love. Yeah. Your or youth to get pastor. The, oh, yes. This is a perfect game. For church events, for yeah. youth youth groups and stuff like that, or college classes, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's uh, even your small group Bible study. Go, you know, take it, have a fun game night one night. Yep. They will enjoy it. It's a blast. Okay, we've hovered on that long enough. <laughs> but we just love it when we're it passionate good, about something. <laughs> and I, I promise you we're making no money. So this passion really comes from the fact that we love it. Gosh, it's so fun. <clears throat> All right. 11th commandment time. When you join our Facebook group, the Back Row Baptist Church, we ask you three questions. Two of them are just to prove that you know what you're getting yourself into. But the last one is a chance for you to be funny. And not everybody takes this chance, but it's come up with your own 11th commandment. If you had the ability to create an 11th commandment, what would it be? And so we are going to share two of those today, Mo. All right. Matthew Berry said, thou shalt not add sugar to thy grits. So I don't know if this is a regional thing or what. Is that a faux pas? Grits are, you add sugar to oatmeal. Grits are more savory. Are they so supposed you add, to always be savory though? Heck yeah. Because uh, I feel like. Whoever adds sugar to their grits mistook it for the oatmeal. That's what, I mean, just flat out. My stomach's making noises. Um, I, I guess maybe I don't know exactly what grits look like but i assume that they looked more like like cream of wheat they do is that what they look like they okay. do yeah i feel like i still would have put sugar on them. No. no cheese pepper i mean i have heard of like putting cheese cheese grits and stuff like bacon that. shrimp what makes them more savory 
I don't know. Because, I mean, cream of wheat on its own isn't, like, sweet. You add sugar, and that makes it sweet. And you put butter on it, so that's slightly savory, too. Well, you put butter in grits as well. You put I put butter in oatmeal. Yeah. yeah put butter and brown sugar in oatmeal. I don't care for oatmeal. I love oatmeal. I love grits. I love so cream I guess of wheat. So I'm assuming that these are all the same essential thing, just made with a different grain. Sure. So what is grits made with, do you know? No idea. <laughs> no idea. All right. Well, I'm gonna since you since you're on board with Matthew Barry's Eleventh Commandment, then uh-huh. I'll I'll defer to you. I'm curious where he's from. So if he's listening, <laughs> write in. I want to know where you're from. Um, and then Rebecca Rutherford Shiles says, "Thou shalt wear re- thou shalt wear real clothes to Walmart. Clothes that actually cover all the bits and bobs." <laughs> please, please. For the love of all, please. There was a woman that walked in to Walmart. This was a couple months ago. Walked into Walmart. No pants on. She's wearing a long Mm t-shirt as a dress. But the t-shirt was see-through enough that you could tell the kind of underwear she was wearing. Mm. The kind of not covering the full booty type of underwear she was wearing in Walmart. And I'm like, what are you thinking? Don't you love that? <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like a train wreck. You can't not look. like <laughs> You can't not notice it, but you can't say anything about it either. <laughs> we had, I had never had an experience with like a people of Walmart experience ever. Ever. Really? Until we went camping in Oklahoma just a couple months ago in September. And we're doing our late night grocery run to mm-hmm. get groceries for the weekend. And there is a lady that has like sweatpants, but they're leopard print sweatpants. <laughs> and she's got one leg rolled up and the other leg completely down. And then a tube top that's like neon green. <laughs> <laughs> with her bra strap sticking out of the tube top and homegirl was bigger than me belly hanging that out big for real <laughs> belly hanging out just so my and size. it was one of those one of those moments where i was looking at her like you had to have looked in the mirror i've taught my own daughter Reach for the sky, touch your toes. If anything shows, go change your clothes. My eight-year-old knows it. You should know it. That's hilarious. I've never heard that rhyme before. (laughs) (sighs) I can remember standing in front of my mirror in my bedroom and bending over to touch my toes, like with a skirt specifically, and bending over to touch my toes because you don't realize. You could be wearing like a... When you're standing up, everything looks normal. Right. It's, yeah... Every other position. <laughs> yep. You bend over and you can see cheeks and it's, oh, yep, not appropriate. Let me go change. <laughs> All right. Some background news. Since the beginning of time, pizza boxes were square and the round pies inside of them were topped with meat. But starting last week, however, Pizza Hut is introducing a limited time test of a plant-based pizza topping served 
in a round pizza box. What? The test of both innovations will take place exclusively at one Pizza Hut location in Phoenix, where America's original pizza company will introduce the new Garden Specialty Pizza, topped with Incognito, or Incognito, Incognito, sorry, Incognito by Morningstar Farms Italian Sausage, which is not actually sausage. Mm -hmm. Morningstar makes vegetarian meat products, Mm -hmm. which I will admit, some of which I like. Mm -hmm. They're, 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 they're hamburgers. They're like fake hamburgers. Mm -hmm. Not bad with a little A1 sauce on them. Yeah. Have you had the Impossible Burger from Burger King? I haven't yet, but I, 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 I want to. My brother-in-law swears by it. Yeah. He says it's amazing. And I think it's Ruckers, maybe? Anyway, a bigger burger restaurant place like Ruckers that specializes in burgers. They also have, it's not called an Impossible Burger. It's called something else. And he ordered that. Swears by it. Says it's the best thing he's ever had. Yeah, whatever, whatever innovation has been found out. With the with the fake burger patty stuff in the last couple years is going gangbusters everywhere it hits. Yeah, uh, Carl's Jr. is also doing one like that. Really, from the, from the same company I think that Burger King gets theirs from, mm-hmm. and it's it's going really well too. So yeah, I do want to try it. Uh, I do want, but I just I go to fast food so f- infrequently now these mm-hmm. days. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't want to waste one. You know what I mean? I agree. So it's a risk. It's a gamble. Listen, I'm still looking forward to Wendy's breakfast menu coming out. Heck yes. Ever Heck since we talked yes. about it, I'm like, is it out yet? No? Okay. Every time I drive by it, I think, oh, what if they don't want to do it? What if they don't do it here? Oh, that would be so mean. <laughs> Worst day ever. <laughs> anyway, not only does the round box contain less overall packaging compared to the typical square pizza box, it's also industrially uh, compostable where available and interlocks easily to ensure a smoother delivery. So that was one of the questions when this was first announced. Is how will they carry the boxes? How will they not fall uh, if they're round and and not cardboard like that? And it's because they have the top lids have like little divots around the side, and the bottom have you know the little tabs to sit in the divots. So they'll they'll stack onto each other, kind of like blocks, and they won't move anywhere. So it looks nice. Yeah. They look nice. I mean, if that was a standard, I would be fine with it. Uh, the I would only also idea. be fine if they just made pizza square. I mean, well, if they do that, it doesn't cook evenly. It's like a pancake. That's why you don't have square pancakes because the roundness it cooks evenly from the center. But if you have the square, it's not going to reach the corners the same way. You know what I mean? That sounds very scientific, and <laughs> science is not my thing. Anywho, I had no idea, really. <laughs> I mean, it, it works fine for, like, deep dish because they'll put it in that pan. So the pan will cook it, you know, around because the pan will get hot. But, like, for just, like, a standard pizza that's just going in on the pizza tray, that's that's where the problem comes in. The crust will cook the, the right way. I really had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Lived in Italy for four years. Didn't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, when we come back, reasons why your church shouldn't be a perfect fit for you. Stick around. The Back Row Dance Party. 
two hours of the best Christian dance, electronic, and EDM. Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Radio. Morning, Miss Jenkins. Any messages for me? Uh, yes, Mr. Evans. Clyde called. He can't make the meeting. God called. He wants you to get a hold of him. Bob can't have lunch, and Jim says there's a problem with the Brax account. Wait, what was that? The numbers don't add up. No, no, no. Before that... Oh, Bob can't have lunch. He's allergic to seafood. No, no, no. Before that, uh, something about God? Uh, oh, God called. He wants you to get a hold of him. God called? Yes. On the phone? Yes, he's been trying to get a hold of you, and you haven't responded to any of his messages. Well, I've been busy. Of course, sir. Well, I have been. I've been at meetings, important ones. This is God. You should return his call. Did he leave a number? I don't think God has a number. I think it's more like one of those voice-activated things. You pray and the line is open. Did he say what he wanted? Just a reminder that he's still there, and he's hoping you will get in touch with him soon. How long has it been since you've prayed? to the Back Row Morning Show here on this Tuesday morning. Matt and Mo here with you in the studio. We're going to kick off this second hour with five random facts. Five random facts. Listening to sad music can help relieve symptoms of depression, according to a 2019 study published by the journal Emotion. I personally can attest to that. For real? Yeah, it's very helpful. I'm the opposite. Really? Yeah. Now I do know. Yeah, I do know it does. It doesn't work for everybody, but yeah. it does for many. No. Nope. And I think it's that. I think it's that uh, camaraderie thing. Is that when we hear someone else uh, singing a sad song and claiming how miserable like they are? Alone. Yeah, you're not alone, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I I'm sure. But I could see how it could be the opposite. Because a lot of people listen to music and then just immediately attribute it to themselves mm-hmm. and not think of the, the actual artist. That's me. So if you're thinking it to yourself, mm-hmm. then you're just reinforcing the same ideas that you have. Yeah, completely understand totally that. Totally me. All right. A recent survey of British adults found that one in every six people believe the entire galaxy is called Earth. <laughs> Science is not their thing. Uh, one million <laughs> seconds is about 11 days. One billion seconds is roughly 31 and a half years. Wow. It's a huge That's jump a from jump. Yeah. one million to one billion. <laughs> Women tell an average of 11 lies a week. Men, 58. Dang! <laughs> Y'all some lying people. Awesome Man. scummy dudes out there. We ain't even got two a day. <laughs> Y'all reached a week's worth every year in a week. Oh. Uh. Anyway, a study found that a woman is far more likely to give a stranger her phone number if he's holding a guitar. 
hilarious. And that's a wow. big ch- church culture thing, too. There's <laughs> always wow. that one guy in youth group that always brings his guitar at every church event. There really is. He's usually one of the popular boys. But he don't never play it. <laughs> but he has one. He just wears All it around his chest. <laughs> or his back. Have that. Yeah. I've seen people modify it with a two strap so they wear it oh, like a backpack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <sighs> back row news. <laughs> Teams of hotel workers gathered in Las Vegas in a Las Vegas resort to pit their skills against each other in the annual Las Vegas Housekeeping Olympics. The ninth annual competition last Wednesday at the Mandalay Bay Resort featured teams representing hotels and resorts around Las Vegas competing in events including bed making contests, confetti vacuum races, and a toilet paper toss. Mandalay Bay President Chuck Bowling said the event is a means of celebrating the unsung workers of the hospitality industry. I bet it was a really good way of like building morale as well. Oh, sure. Can you imagine how many hospitality workers there are just on the las vegas strip thousands of hotel rooms thousands and thousands of hotel rooms and those tons of those giant hotels everywhere i feel like the unemployment rate should be zero in In las Las vegas Vegas. (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah there is a job for everyone just in the hotels just on the strip (laughs) the strip and the what's the other place called with the overhead light show this is just downtown las vegas is that not what it's called no it starts with an f fremont fremont yeah you're right okay yeah that's right yep plenty of plenty of jobs (laughs) all right it is topless tuesday list top list tuesday keep your shirts on (laughs) we've got two of them for you today today the first one we're going to talk about this is three reasons your church shouldn't be a perfect fit for you so we're going to read this we're going to kind of give our thoughts to see if we agree this is from facts and trends uh by daniel darling this came out last month so let's see here what's where's the beginning i always hate these lists you hate the lists? They always make me feel convicted. <laughs> That's a good thing, Mo. So the number one reason why your church shouldn't be a perfect fit for you. Community is meant to be a discipline, not something that just happens. Uh, so let me read what he says. He said, in his book, Uncomfortable, Brett McCracken writes this about the commitment uh, to regular, sustained church life. He says, uh, on most Sundays... It's easier, it's far easier to stay home than it is to come spend a few hours singing and mingling over donuts with people you would never otherwise hang out with. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, millennial or an octogenarian, Republican or Democrat, you probably find it tough at times to relate to some of the people at your church. This is exactly right. You'll have to fight for community. This means you'll have to have a lot of awkward conversations with people you don't know from backgrounds you don't recognize who have life experiences with which you can't relate. So be it. Dig in and get to know your body of believers. Be willing to love and come alongside people who are different than you. It's worth it. When you invest in biblical community, you'll find the friendships you sow with brothers and sisters in the Lord can be sweet and life-giving and soul-shaping. So I see the point behind it, mm-hmm. and I agree with the overall sentiment of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
don't go to church with a bunch of people, all the people that you don't get along <laughs> with. Because I see that just like backfiring. Well, yeah. Well, I think what they're saying is that you shouldn't go to a church that's just made up of people that all agree with you. Sure. They're all the same uh, I don't know that there is a church ever that is going to be that way. <laughs> well, I would, be, I would believe it would be smaller churches. There are some smaller churches that are essentially were essentially built that way. Like it was just made up of people that believed a certain way. And that's kind of how it expanded and drew in more people. People that believe yeah, the same maybe. way. But <laughs> I feel like... I don't think you and I have experienced that. But I believe that many people have. Yeah. I mean, I feel like even this church is a smaller church. And I had a ton of people that I didn't get along with here. <laughs> well, that means you're doing something right. <laughs> Finally, validation that you needed. You're doing something right. <laughs> Number two, the awkwardness and discomfort of church life is good for your sanctification. So here's what he says. He says, you heard that right. The things in your church that others might prefer, music types, schedule structures, or preaching styles, might be the very things God has put in your life for your own growth and sanctification. Walking alongside other redeemed sinners allows us opportunities to give and take, to forgive and be forgiven, to love and to be loved. In your quest to find a church that reflects you, you'll end up without community. But in community with people who have different preferences, varying stages of spiritual maturity, and differing gifts, God shapes your heart. He uses the things that annoy us about other Christians to make us more patient. He uses the sin struggles of other Christians to make us more compassionate. And he uses the opinions of others to stand off the rough edges of our own faulty ideas. In other words, don't look for a church that looks like you. Find a church where others' preferences rub up against yours in such a way that helps you grow more like Jesus. Okay. I 100%. Yeah, but the thought of that. It's frightening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I agree. That's got to be good. I feel like that's what Celebrate Recovery did. Yeah. For for me and for probably a lot of us. Is it, it kind of... Because, I mean, typically the people that walk into Celebrate Recovery at one point in my life would be people that I would avoid it. You know? I don't want to hang out with people that are messed up and struggling with stuff <laughs> openly. Because <laughs> everybody is. See, I'd much rather hang out with those people. <laughs> but now I would. Because yeah. that's that's where you find more genuineness and that's where you find, you know, mm-hmm. true friendship. It was it's all right. We know that when we come up here. Even even the fact that at Celebrate Recovery we have people that are here that are mandated to be here. So we know that there are people that are coming that aren't even, you know they don't want to be religious. Here. They don't want to be yeah. here and they don't believe the way we believe and and you know, we've seen God turn you know change that in some mm-hmm. people. We've seen some people not. We've seen pe- some people be resistant to it, and as soon as they don't have to be here anymore, they aren't. Right. And either way, that's fine. Even if it's just being here and we plant some seeds, and hopefully mm-hmm. they'll grow somewhere else. But the fact that we are are sitting in a room with a bunch of people that may think completely different about different things, doctrines, ideas, the way the world works, politics, all that kind of stuff, and none of us argue about it. Yeah. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Live your life. Love each other. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, number three, last one. Our ideas and our preferences aren't central to everything. 
He says, God has given us each unique gifts, interests, and ideas, and this is good. I'm glad, for instance, that some Christians specialize in apologetics, helping us all become sharper at engaging skeptics and seekers. I'm glad that some are especially adept biblical scholars and can comfortably explain the original Greek and Hebrew. I'm grateful for Christians who are alert to movements in the culture and politicians that can lead us in thinking well about the world. There are just a few of men. These are just a few of many ways that God can specifically uh, gift and call people to serve in the church. But we should be willing to use these not to advance ourselves, but for the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh, we shouldn't insist that our thing, uh, project or preference or pet issue, is at the center of all programming of church life. And we should again be willing to learn from gifts and callings of others. Uh, McCracken says, submitting to the authority of community means we are humble and teachable rather than arrogant and I've got this overconfident. And that goes for the old as well as the young, the seasoned in faith as well as the green. It means submitting to accountability beyond ourselves. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's a good list. Yeah. Uh, I agree with this. There's a lot more to the article. You can check this out at factsandtrends.net. Again, this is by Daniel Darling. The article is called Three Reasons Your Church Shouldn't Be a Perfect Fit for You. But yeah, overall, that's I, spot yeah. on. It was a good. Really good. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Well, let's see here. When we come back, how to be sure you're chasing God's glory and not your own. But first, it's time for Love Thy Nerds Critical Hit with Hector Mira. And it's also Indie Music Tuesday, so after that we'll kick off a music break with three songs from bands you might not have been uh, aware of. But you will be after today. So stick around. Hey everyone, this is the Love Thy Nerd Critical Hit. I'm Hector Mirai with Faith and Fandom, and I just wanted to share a quick thought with you. I finally caught up with what a lot of the rest of the world was doing and picked up the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I can't tell you anything about it because I haven't played it yet. I haven't played it yet because when I went to actually install this game, it was 120 gigs. I legitimately didn't have enough room on my Xbox to play the game. And so I'd install a little bit, then have to delete something. And, you know, say goodbye Resident Evil 2, goodbye Borderlands, goodbye Gears of War. Literally just have to keep looking at what I'm willing to uninstall off of my Xbox to be able to play this game. So I'm legit down to uh, Call of Duty and Destiny 2. And that's it. And, you know, I get it. I'm appreciative of how in-depth it's going to be when I ever actually get to play it. Um, But I just wasn't ready to clear out that much of my life for this game. And there's a scripture that stands out to me in John 14, 23, where Jesus says, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. And so Jesus has this scripture where he says that when we love God, we obey him and he makes his home within us. And 
With an Xbox, literally you just go through and you uninstall stuff to make room. But the cool thing is that when we actually want God to be dwelling in us, it's not even really about deleting things out of our lives. It really is about that we make room for Him in our lives by living in obedience. That when we are living in obedience, we are making room for Jesus and God to actually live in our lives and work in our lives and do the things that only He can do. And I think it comes down to, do we have the free space for obedience? I want you to know that Love Thy Nerd exists to love and serve our nerdy neighbors through thoughtful content, relational outreach, and intentional community. Check out our website at lovethynerd.com, our thriving Facebook community where you can interact on a daily basis. We have several podcasts, one of which I host, and we're active on all the socials. You can also check me and my book series out over at Faith and Fandom on Facebook. Glad to have you with us here. Uh, we got a little background news to kick off the hour. A Hong Kong businessman set a new record for the city when he sold a coveted downtown parking space for a total of $969,000. Wow. Johnny Cheung, who formerly owned four parking spaces in front of a 79-story office tower, the center, Previously sold three spaces for sums in the high six digits, but the final spot ended up fetching the highest price, nearly a million dollars. Chung did not identify the buyer, but said it uh, it is someone with office space inside the skyscraper, which has only 40 total parking spaces available. Hmm. A skyscraper. There are more than 40 people on any floor of a skyscraper, and there's only 40 parking spaces the parking space is believed to now be the most expensive in the world, costing more than three times the median cost of a home in Hong Kong. <laughs> I just want to know, like, did he originally purchase it? Or was it, like, something that his his dad or his grandfather had and he just inherited it and this was like just a really good inheritance right that's just it's it's crazy to think about cuz i don't know of anything like that happening here in america like when you own a parking space like you you'll be given a parking space with some companies but that's dependent on you working at the company you don't own it so right. you could sell it or you <laughs> Are given a parking space if you live in a certain type of, you know, yeah, 
Like high-rise apartment or whatever. Right. Yeah. An assigned parking space. But still, that's dependent on you living there. There's no, like, I own this piece of land where my car can sit. <laughs> See, I want to know how he came to own the four, the 40 pieces of parking spots. I want to know. Uh, all right. Well, our main topic today is five signs that you're seeking your own glory and not God's. So we got this is our second top list of the day. And uh, we're going to go through these and just kind of talk about them. I feel like they're accurate already just based on my look. But uh, seeking your own glory and not God's, uh, I know I'm going to be guilty of some of these as well. Number one, you're more concerned with your performance than your impact. And so, see, I saw this in myself recently with the funeral mm-hmm. thing. With, with officiating my first funeral, I spent a couple weeks freaking out about my performance, not really focusing on so much how it's going to impact everybody out in, you know, the family and everybody in attendance, but more about, am I going to look stupid? Mm -hmm. And that was the wrong mindset to have. And I I believe I kind of overcame that the day of, but I wasted a good amount of time and energy focused on, my performance. Right. And I feel like that was also the same way when I started out with Celebrate Recovery is I was more concerned about, you know, when I'm leading the message, uh, the the lesson every other week, I was more concerned about looking professional and kind of sounding like a pastor mm-hmm. than I was about, you know, relaying the information and making sure it hits home, mm-hmm. people's hearts. And uh, I feel like that's changed with time too. I think it's something that you learn to grow out of. I agree. Uh but, yeah. Do you struggle with that, Mo? This one I do not struggle with. That's good. <sighs> Didn't give me a I've, lot of time to drink my water while you're sorry. talking. Sorry. <laughs> I've, pre, I've pre-read the list, and, you know, there's a list of five, and there are two that I struggle with. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe maybe I'm bad. not doing things for my own glory. There's only two out of five. Out of five. So. That's less than 50%. That's yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> Well, the next one is you're bummed when others don't mention your efforts. So this is one that I struggle with. You struggle with this one. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, but, but, and I don't know that it's necessarily that I'm bummed when others don't mention my efforts, but that like I then internalize it as, well, they didn't talk about it. So maybe I didn't do a good job. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I, yeah, it's not that I want like my horn to be tooted, but rather I want for my efforts to be validated. Don't phrase it that way. <laughs> my horn to be tooted? What? You, my horn to be honked? I don't understand. What? Like, and you get frustrated with me for saying that. The one sounds like our back row, but louder sounds like our fart hour. I don't understand you right now. I'm having it a... sounds inappropriate to I'm me. seriously trying want, to have a... I don't want my horn to be tooted. I think you're the only one who thinks it sounds inappropriate. I guarantee you I'm not. <laughs> anyway, I just want for my efforts to be validated. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, I think to a degree we're all that way, but I don't think that this is one that I personally struggle with as much, mainly because I don't like people commenting on my stuff. 
just want to assume I did good. And yeah. if nobody complains about it, then I take that as, a, okay, it was, it was fine. <laughs> just let it pass. See, and I'm the total opposite. <laughs> you're either going to complain or you're going to recognize it. And one or the other, you're either right. complaining in secret or you're recognizing out in the forefront. And if you're not recognizing out in the forefront, then that's you telling me you're complaining, complaining in secret. Because <laughs> like I wrote, I wrote that book. I wrote The Flesh, uh, yeah. which you spurred me on to do. Uh, and when people like send me messages online saying, hey, this is great. I read mm-hmm. this. I like this, this, and this. That I love. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. But I have, we have a new guy working in the sound booth with us, and he's been reading it piece by piece mm-hmm. uh, Sundays after worship practice. You know, sit in there and he'll read it for a little while mm-hmm. while we're waiting for service to start. And so he finally finished it. And last Sunday he started like actually telling me what he thought and gushing about all these different parts. And I was so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. Yes. We'll expand on that in the second book. Yes. It was a great... Stop talking <laughs> Can to me. Can we stop now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's nice. It's nice yeah. to know that they like it, but it's not something that I'm chasing. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah. All right. Number three, uh, the five signs you're seeking your own glory and not God's. You make sure to let people know uh, about the sacrifices you're making and how committed you are. This would be happening on Facebook when people are like, I'm going on a social media fast. (laughs) Just just go on it. True story. (laughs) This is one of my biggest pet peeves. Like somebody says... I'm just so tired. I've da 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 da. I've been doing this and this and this. Guess what, Karen? We're all tired. Everybody's tired. Everybody's doing something. All the time. You ain't no better than nobody else. Get some sleep at night and shut up. <laughs> well, I mean, this goes back to that Bible verse about like praying. Like when you're praying, you're supposed to go in your prayer closet. You're supposed to do it privately. Right. That kind of thing. And, right. And that's the reason. Because everybody feels. When it's a group prayer and, and, and it's going around the circle, everybody feels that performance anxiety yeah. of, I got to do real good in this prayer. And so you're not even praying it's, paying attention yeah. to the rest of the prayer. It's true. It's like, I got to be better than that one. I got to, uh, what are the, if you're focusing. Well, that you're person only... said what I was going to say. Crap. Now what am I going to say? <laughs> yep. What name of God am I going to list for this one? Exactly. What am I use? Jehovah? No, people don't use Jehovah all that much anymore. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh, man. You never want to be first or last in a group prayer. Nope. You're first. You, you got to set the tone. If you don't do that well, everyone's going to notice. Then shot. You're just listening to every other prayer being so much better than yours. And if you go last, you got to be the best prayer because this is the finale prayer. This is the main event prayer. It's like the finale <laughs> of the fireworks. <laughs> and so you're either going to have a really good finale or you're going to have a Game of Thrones finale. Where nobody's happy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Number four. <laughs> you have a hidden sense of competition with those around you doing similar ministries. This is another area of mine that I struggle yeah. with. Okay. I'll let you expound first then. Um, I By nature, I think I'm a competitive person. Like, if I'm playing a card game, I'm not necessarily as competitive. If somebody else wins, cool, whatever. I'll celebrate with you. But when it comes to something that, like, I'm 
doing something that is my responsibility, mm-hmm. I want it to be the best. Mm-hmm. And that's why like a lot of things that I've, a lot of, I can't say this word, entrepreneurial things <laughs> that, that, I've, yeah. that I've taken on, <laughs> I've just, I've stopped because I'm not the best. Mm. And so if I'm not the best, then I'm not doing it at all. Period. <laughs> End of discussion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when Karen and I started doing our whole vinyl business, there's another girl who I'm really good friends with in our area who also does a vinyl business and she's phenomenal. And I finally realized I can't be her competition, so I'm done. Oh. I will I you, make things as gifts the, for people. The shirt press and oh, everything. but I still use it okay, all the time. Yeah. Well, that's true. You are making a lot of stuff for yeah. Yeah. But I don't like to do commissioned work because mm. I don't like to have that pressure because <laughs> I know that I can't live up to the competition. I gotcha. Even with BBS, like, I'm about to divulge a secret. You ready? Ready. Okay. This past year, I led BBS at a, a separate church, our new church, right? And someone different was leading VBS here. Mm-hmm. At, at my church now. Okay. Which I led VBS for for, for a few several years. Several years, yeah. Um, and so at the church that our church was a week before, my church was a week before your church, VBS. Okay? Did we do the same theme? No. Okay. Two different themes. Yeah, I thought so. Um, two different, like... Uh, they were still similar though, weren't they? They were yours slightly was similar. Roar, wasn't it? No, yours was, yours was Into the Wild. Right. Ours was... Um, it was... Concordia, whatever. Oh, I don't remember. It wasn't Roar. It was Oy Vey. I already forgot it. A Jewish themed one, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually Greek, but okay. Oy um, is Greek? Oy Vey is Greek. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, we had these mountains that were our backdrop, right? Oh, okay. These mountains <laughs> that Chris and I painted and... We're so proud of, and our VBS is coming to an end, and somebody posts a picture of your VBS decorations here, and it's the same stinking mountains. <laughs> and I got so offended by that. Like, just all this bitterness started to well up inside right. me, and I really, I had to go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Because it's just that competition. Right, because that wasn't it at all. She had seen yours, said, those are amazing. We need to make some of those like that for ours. And she was copying you in a Yes, she was copying. But in a good way, because they were great. (laughs) (laughs) Not because I'm going to steal this and call it mine. So here's the thing. I know, and I can say now. Right, yeah, you told me that too. You know, but (laughs) in the moment, it was that competition of, what how dare she yeah (laughs) those were my mountains back up (laughs) the unmitigated gall this woman has yeah so that is styrofoam brown like i did (laughs) jagged styrofoam is my calling card no one else (laughs) get it together anyway that i get that um you know, we're, with the Celebrate Recovery Program, you know, we we used to have a bigger one in this town. It used to be the only one in this town. It was mm-hmm. the one that I started going to at a, a big church, lots of money. 
they've been doing it for a long time. They did it for, I think, 14 years, 14, 15 years before yeah. they finally stopped. But, you know, when we started up ours, I remember there were, in the earlier years when I was doing it, there were many times when I'm sitting here thinking, like, we're in competition. Yeah. Like, they got all the money. We don't have a whole lot of money, but we got to make ours good. And that yeah. mindset, uh, I always had to try and snap myself out of that mindset because yeah. that's a bad mindset. Celebrate recovery, especially. You're supposed to celebrate when there's a lot of them because there's a need for a lot of yeah. them. Yeah. And so that one closed down. And so I realized I also got into my head that, all right, well, now we're the A. We're the A show. We're the yeah. A Celebrate Recovery in we town. We are it. Which has, I mean, it's been true. We are the biggest yeah. one uh, and the most financially stable one in town. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that we're, you know, all that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Really. It's the content that means uh, everything. Right. <laughs> and so I've had to try and get myself out of that mindset too. But then someone from your new church, which is uh, also fairly larger than our church yeah. <laughs> by a lot and more financially well off than ours, uh, approached me saying, hey, they're starting a celibate recovery over there. Yeah. And I'm like, my first, my, my, Overall thought was, that's great. We need another CR in town. Yeah. But my first thought, my very first, as soon as I heard a thought was, oh, great. Another rich church is going to upstage us. <laughs> but I, I dashed that really quickly. Yeah. But that was my, you know, split second first reaction. Yep. <laughs> and that's terrible. It's terrible to think that way. So, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that I'm not living in that that thought. But. Yeah, it's 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 hard. It's hard not to be competitive with other ministries. It really ministries. is. And just like you said about CR, you know, the overall goal for for CR specifically is for there to be a different CR mm. every night of the week. Yeah. So that those having one every night of the week would be fantastic. Right. So that those in recovery have somewhere to go. Every night of the week, if necessary. Yeah, because a lot of uh, CR even, a lot of these recovery programs, when you first start, they often recommend like a 90-day thing where mm -hmm. you're in a church or a CR or a recovery program of some kind every single day of the week for the first 90 days. Yeah. yeah. And much is the same with VBS. You know, the goal is to have a VBS every week throughout the summer so that children are being reached. Yeah. You know, and that's just... <laughs> I have to. It was shipwrecked, by the way. That was our theme last year. That's shipwrecked. What it was. That's right. Um, and that's why I thought we were similar because we did have like a big aquarium room. Yeah. As well, so we had like a lot of ocean-related stuff too. Yeah. 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 So anyway, it having to that is something that I seriously struggle with that competitiveness <laughs> between <Yeah>. ministry. <laughs> okay. One more thought on that. <laughs> so a couple months ago, our pastor was going to be gone for two Sundays. And instead of having another pastor come in and preach, what he wanted to do is he wanted to encourage uh, the four staff he has under him to get up and preach. So yeah. there's me uh, as the minister, uh, the media director and the celebrate recovery minister. There's John, our worship leader. And then there's our two main uh, youth leaders, uh, Tyler and Brandon. And so the idea was he's going to give us each 15 minutes and there's going to be two of us giving a small 15 minute sermon one Sunday, two of us giving a small 15 minute sermon the next Sunday. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for all of us to not see this as a competition of who's going to give the best sermon. Who's going to give the best sermon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like it was me. <laughs> but only because I do that kind of stuff at CR every other week. Sure. And none of them really do it on a regular basis. But, 
<laughs> but yeah, it's really hard to not be in that mindset. And we were all in, we were all constantly for, for the next month, just joking about, uh, well, I mean, obviously I did better. And yeah. <laughs> obviously you were the worst. How many ums did you say in your sermon? You how, many, how many ums per minute did you have? You know, it's. I mean, I did it leading up to last week with our trunk or treat. I said, we're going to have the best trunk. Not even realizing it was an actual competition that there was. <laughs> there was an award on the line. I had no idea. But it's just that innate, natural, competitive drive within me. Mm-hmm. I, and yeah. it can be a good thing because yeah. it pushes you to be better. But at the same time... But when it pushes you to be a, a jerk, that's when it starts. Yeah. <laughs> and when it's keeping you from focusing on the ministry aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag that. <laughs> All right. You and I are in the same boat there. <laughs> All right. Last one. Last sign that you're seeking your own glory and not God's. You live in fear of being found out as a fake. Your drive to achieve hides a deep insecurity. This was me. Prior to getting found out in my addictions and problems. Yeah. So you get it. Yeah. You would, I would constantly be putting on the best face, doing all kinds of great things to cover up the fact that I was hiding something. And I believe that's a case for far more people than we're willing to think about. Oh, yeah. This was my childhood. It was my parents. It was, that was the life that we grew up in. Mm -hmm. And they just filled and filled and filled and filled and did and did and did and did. For fear of being found out. It's Yeah, it's the natural progression of putting on the mask for Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, is that you have to continue to keep that mask on. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you have to give the appearance that you're still growing. Even right. though you might not be at all. Yeah. Because you're letting whatever is holding you back uh, stay there and not be talked about and not be dealt with. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that's dangerous. That's that's the that's the biggest dangerous, the most dangerous one I think in this. I list. agree. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> if you got problems, you got to work them out. It's going to be difficult, but go just get it over with, and you'll be happy. <laughs> Hashtag facts. Hashtag truth. Hashtag speaking the truth. <laughs> Hashtag mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mo. We got a poll. I did a poll on Twitter. And uh, I'm going to have you guess what our, what our listeners and fans said. So this one you're going to enjoy. Uh, I did a poll on Twitter and it was, now that Halloween is officially over, when is it okay to start celebrating Christmas? So this has been a big kind of thing in your life. And you kind of lightened up a little bit in recent years. You even posted about this, I saw on Facebook. Oh, did you see? Yeah. Did you, you see? You've been lightening up a bit. So uh, the four options that I gave were immediately, after Thanksgiving, the week of Christmas, or on Christmas Eve. When is it okay to start celebrating Christmas? Okay. The week of Christmas and Christmas Eve, that's just... Y'all done waited way too long. But I mean, what other holiday do you celebrate more than a week before the actual holiday? Well, I just told you yesterday that for the entire month of October, we watch scary movies. That's true. So if I'm going to give Halloween that kind of recognition, then I better give Christmas something. A little bit more than a month. Yeah. You know? So what do you think our fans said the most? Um, The most, I think, is 
what was it after Thanksgiving or? We have immediately after Thanksgiving, yeah. week of Christmas and Christmas Eve. After Thanksgiving. Okay. How many people? How much percentage wise? Uh, I'm going to say think? like 60. 63% of people said after Thanksgiving is the appropriate time to start celebrating Christmas. See? 26 I know y'all. 26% said immediately. Okay. 6% said week of Christmas. 6% said Christmas Eve. Y'all. Some Scrooges up in y'all, there. Yeah, that yeah. bottom 12% right there. I, and I bet you, <laughs> let me tell I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there. That 12%, I can go into our church page or BRB church and I can pick out that 12% real quick. <laughs> I know who y'all are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well yeah a lot of people agree, agree with you for the most part for the most part but like you said you've 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 been you've been waning like when we, when we first started doing the podcast and everything you were staunch defending that that idea not a single song not a single movie before that turkey's carved <laughs> Yep. And you've, it was, I think it was just last year, wasn't it, that, that you relaxed that a bit? I think, for the yeah. First time in a I while, think so. <laughs> I think last year is where I was really like, what? But I wanna. <laughs> but Why I wanna. are you so Scrooge McDuff? Like, Hallmark's been playing these movies since October 25th. <laughs> for real. For real. So, yeah. And to be totally honest, all three of my kids have a TV in their room now, and I've caught Mila. In like the last two weeks, watching The Grinch, yeah, to go to bed, and I've gone in and I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and she'll pull the blankets over her head real quick. I'm not doing anything. I swear, I'm not watching it. I'm just listening. I'm just listening. <laughs> That's but hilarious. if I'm gonna be that much of a killjoy that I steal the thing that takes my my child's happiness, then mm-hmm. I got some serious problems in my life. See, I've always been of the mindset of Christmas can't start too early because... Then it takes the joy in the... I can't think of the word. Go ahead. Takes it what? It takes it away. I don't think so. Really? I I think that when you spread the season out like that, at least for many people, it's more beneficial because you are spreading out the time that you're supposed to feel that joy and you're supposed to feel more grateful and you're supposed to feel like something special is happening and sure it might it might lessen it come the day of you know it might not be as explosive of a feeling the day of but i feel like life's life is pretty crummy Mm -hmm. most of the time and we're all pretty crummy to each other Mm -hmm. most of the time especially gosh we don't talk about politics a lot on this show but the politics of these last three and a half years have been driving me nuts or three years i guess it's only been three years it's just everybody's at at everybody's throats and it's miserable a lot of the times to have conversations with people or anything like that so if i want to sprinkle in a little bit more christmas joy as early as i can which i often start on november 1st yeah it makes me feel better it makes me feel better about humanity it makes me feel better about life you know, yeah. and I think there are a lot of people that are that same way. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I'll watch Christmas movies because Christmas movies are always redemptive. You know, there, there's 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 always a happy ending. It's always focused on 
you know, fruits of the spirit, essentially, you know, joy, peace, yeah, that kind of stuff. Love. Uh, yeah. And many of, many of them still focus heavily on Christ. Not so much self-control though. Not self-control. No. <laughs> <laughs> or patience. <laughs> True. But I mean, it's, 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 it's a good thing. And to spread that good thing out as long as possible for me, I, I'm all for it. I guess what I was thinking was that it, I have a fear of it becoming mundane, mm-hmm. like just very lackluster. Yeah, okay, and losing that, uh, what the effect that it has on you, you know, for the couple months out of the year that we celebrate it. I get that, and that it stinks because it would be great if we could take that Christmas spirit. All 12 months of the year. It would be great. You know, people are more giving in December mm-hmm. around Christmas. It would be great if it was March and we saw a homeless person on the side of the street and we gave them the five bucks in our wallet instead of being like, why can't he go get a job? Everybody else has a job. <laughs> you know, it would be amazing if that was something that became a reality. But then at the same time, I wonder if it, if it were, then would Christmas... Would that spirit be gone? Would it be lessened? I don't know. Um, The older I get, you know, the less, like, Christmas Day feels magical, you know, to me. So, and I don't know. I guess it's because I see that as the end. Yeah. And so I guess that that that's kind of shaped my mindset of the holiday season. Yeah. That that might be another reason I want to extend it because... I like that feeling, mm-hmm. and I know the closer we get to Christmas Day, the next day it's just well we're done. Yeah, you know, and then yeah. it's over to the next year, and you just kind of feel that dread. Yeah, that little bit of dread of oh man, I gotta wait a whole another year for this. Yeah, and so I don't know. I used to complain like seeing Christmas decorations in the store and in, in September and stuff like that, but now like I get excited. I'm like. It's almost here. It's almost time. I will say this has been the fast, and we probably say this every year. I feel like, yeah. But this year specifically was the fastest year that it was super quick. It just like I feel like it was just summer. It was I was just in Florida with Cannon, and now there's snow everywhere. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I think too that the weather helps for me. It's not yeah. necessarily. And it's funny because, like, the dreariness, the cold days, the snow, that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. Like, last week I was like, yes, right. I it love snowed, it. It snowed on the 24th, I think it was, the 24th of October. Yeah. Like, a week before Halloween, and yeah. I was feeling Christmassy. Me too. It was nice. Me too. It was that whole <laughs> joy of, and, you know, I'm not ready to put up my Christmas tree, but at that point... I was like, okay, well, I can start buying stocking stuffers and I can start thinking about gifts and decorations are already up in the stores. So I grabbed a couple ornaments for the year and a couple village pieces. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. (laughs) Things aren't up yet. I'm not actually celebrating it, but I'm preparing for it. (laughs) It's just that little tingle. Yeah. That little tingle of holiday joy. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite, though, is also like the last three days, four days of after Christmas. And the kids have their gifts and mm. the tree's still up and we're eating leftovers yeah. and we're still watching Christmas movies because it's not the pressure of making Christmas great for my kids or whatever. Right. Now it's just enjoying what it's we It's just, had. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're right about that. I think that kind of usually lasts until 
New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. Yeah, exactly. Um, I still find it weird that we have like two major holidays within a week of each other every year. I don't know why. It's just like it's too much could pressure. We have, could we have spread it out a little? Yeah, it's too much pressure. <laughs> let's move. Let's move the New Year back to April first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Spread it out. Spread it out. All Can right. you imagine if New Year's was on April first? Like. It's April Fool's and New Year's. It could be so much fun. Well, that's why it's April Fool's. It used to be on April 1st. And then the church calendar changed it to the beginning of January. But when people who weren't aware of that or weren't a part of the church started celebrating the New Year on April 1st, the church people like called them April Fool's. Oh. For continuing to celebrate. I didn't know April. that. You didn't know the history of no. that? No. Yeah. That's where that came from. And so they would, uh, essentially, it's kind of mean. They would, it is know, mean. Mock them and play pranks on them because they weren't following the new calendar. Dang, the church has <laughs> always been full of a bunch of mean old people. Dang. <laughs> Yet another holiday the church started that you didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. I have been educated today. Oh, man. All right. Stick around. We'll be back soon to close out the show. All of them. All of them? What do you mean all of them? All of them! You got it, chum. Back Row Radio. Christian music in every flavor. Have them all. Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Joshua twenty four fifteen. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And our thought for the day comes from Max Lucado. Look at yourself before you look down on others. Rather than put them in their place, put yourself in their place. The truth is, we all drop the ball on occasion, so shouldn't we bear with one another? Boom. Max Lucado, dropping mm-hmm. bombs. Thank you for joining us. We're here every Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. Our podcast is available in the afternoons on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Podbean and maybe a couple other places. I don't know. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to brbchurch.com. If you love what we do here on the Back Row Morning Show and Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash backrowradio. Our new app is up. Android users, 
there's an update. It's a big update. Get it if you haven't already. iPhone users, hopefully by now it might even be in the store. We, we submitted it a couple days ago. We're not entirely sure if it's out, but uh, Lord willing, this week it'll be there. <laughs> but until the new app comes, you can use our old app. Our old app is still available on both stores, I believe, and that's the one that says Back Row Radio on the icon. The new one will have Trip, our ice cream cone mascot dude, on the icon instead, so look for that one. That is it for the show. Mo, what's the final word? Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> if you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.